Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm here with Elizabeth Strader, thank you, with United Form Workers. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Kate, I'm doing great. Look, tell me first of all, who, what is United Farm Workers? I know it's a union, but tell me more about it. That's right. United Farm Workers is the the largest and oldest uh, labor union representing farm workers in Mm -hmm. the United States. Uh, A lot of people might drive down a street named after Cesar Chavez, which Mm -hmm. is one of our founders, uh, one of our co-founders, with, along with Larry Eatlong and Dolores Huerta and others. But it's a, it's a, it's a trade union, but it's also, a, uh, it's, it's also representing of the farm worker movement and the movement towards food justice in this country. What exactly does food justice mean? You know, I, I tell you something that, that, that I find. We use a lot of those words, right? But what happens to a whole lot of the rank and file folks, including some of the farm workers, when we're talking about justice and all of that. Mm-hmm. They don't quite know what does that mean to me? What does that mean to a farm worker? So for us, we see our mission in, in the position of food justice and really, you know, we live in a time where there's a lot of people that think they know which, you know, which uh, vegetable they should eat depending mm-hmm. on what their blood type is. So right. in some ways we have a very intimate relationship with food in this country. Right. But at the same time, we're really removed from the work that it takes uh, to put that food on your plate, whether that's that's growing it, harvesting it, packing it, processing it, um, whether it's the grocery store clerk that uh, you know that sells it to you, or whether it's you know the cooks in the in the back of the house in the kitchen that serve it to you at the restaurant. So for us, food justice is is you know a big part of it is making the food system fairer in the United States. We're lucky here in this country because we have, you know, overwhelmingly most of the food that we right. eat is grown here. Right. So, you know, when we do have that, it's it's such a it's a, such a place of security to have a domestic food supply. And yet the people that are growing that food are overwhelmingly likely to be immigrants, are overwhelmingly likely to live below the poverty line. Mm-hmm. Their very life expectancies are shorter and they make up a disproportionate you know, amount of, of people in this country that are undocumented. So they're, they're really rife for labor exploitation. But in addition, back in the 30s, 1930s, when our country set out some basic labor laws, the National Labor Relations Act, the Fair Labor Standards Act, talking about things like minimum wage, mm-hmm. farm workers were excluded from that law and they remain, they remain excluded today. So, you know, in a lot of ways, farm workers are really stuck in the Jim Crow era because those basic labor laws that the rest of the country takes for granted, they excluded workers like domestic workers and farm workers because Southern congressmen did not want to give black workers the same protections that they were giving to the rest of the workers. So that's it's really rooted know, in slavery. I, okay, I, I know they, they I, I bet when the law was written, they, they didn't quite say they're doing it this way to exclude black workers or anything. What, what in 1938, premise? they might have said that. Right, but what's they, the premise now for that? So the premise now for that is that's how it's always been. Yeah. So in a lot of ways, you know, we really do have that, like so many things in this country, we have that historic shadow mm-hmm. of our really racist uh, foundings, Past, yeah. you know. So, uh, you know, for us, state by state, we try to make the, the inroads where we can. But, you know, certainly at the federal level, there's a real moral question to be asked. Why are farm workers, why are domestic workers still 
excluded from these really basic labor protections. So again, your your organization is more than farm workers. Is it does it cover domestics as well? Or? No, we 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 focus on United Farm Workers. There are other organizations that work with domestic workers. When I say domestic workers, I'm talking about live-in caregivers, home right. health care, uh, nannies, things like that. Still, you know, work that is 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 undervalued and excluded from some of these basic protections. Right now, let, let's go back to the farm worker now um, because. You, you talk about the American population having these great foods, fairly inexpensive, mm -hmm. and at the same time, the, back, the back-breaking work, many of it I've seen on your website, mm -hmm. the hard work to produce this, uh, I don't think they know too much about it. So uh, what's going to bring the awareness to the body politic that, uh, in effect, just maybe we should pay a few more cents for our vegetables and fruits, etc., so that these people can get uh, not a fair wage, but a living mm -hmm. wage. That's right. So one thing that we do with our social media, and you'll find us on Twitter and Instagram, our, our, our handle is at UFW Updates. Mm -hmm. um, and then on Facebook, United Farm Workers. And then, of course, we're on five mm -hmm. other apps now as well. But United Farm Workers on social media, we make a point of every single day, you come to our social media feed and you will see the faces and the skilled work and the working conditions, you know, and, and learn the names of the people, the men and women and children mm -hmm. who are harvesting the food that the rest of us, yeah. yeah. And I say children specifically because one of those things in those basic labor laws that we were just talking about mm -hmm. was child labor. And in the United States, it is perfectly legal for a 12-year-old to be harvesting tobacco that's neurotoxic. Ooh. It's That's right. I didn't know that. Farm workers are excluded from child labor laws. So child labor laws as well. That's right. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it's perfectly legal in, in you know, in the United States for a 12-year-old, you know, to, to harvest tobacco, for example, which is a neurotoxin. It's, right. it's toxic to the brain. It's readily absorbed through the skin. Right. It's perfectly legal for a 12-year-old to harvest it. They just can't sell, buy it until buy they're 21. They can't smoke it, right. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. So, you know, and, and we do see a lot of child labor. And, you know, around the child labor laws, it, it is, it is, you know, really startling to people to find out that child labor laws exclude farm workers. But, you know, for us, sometimes we have to have a tougher conversation around whether or not we talk about the laws that make it legal for children to work until we talk about the system that makes it necessary for children to work. So this is a situation exactly. of economic desperation for mm -hmm. their families because farm workers are living so far below the poverty line. Right, right. That, that is shameful. And so what what is this what will your movement if you will do how can we because i mean this has been going on for decades now that's right, right? almost 100 and, years and if, and if it's going on for 100 years what is what are the tactics that need to be changed so that we can actually see some results going forward yeah well for us one one big thing for farm workers to um you know to make some progress which has always been an uphill battle mm -hmm. is that that we do want to see you know since a disproportionate number of farm workers are undocumented right now we do want to see a path towards citizenship for these workers that are already here have been in this country for 20 or 30 years mm -hmm. you know feeding the country and they have no legal path forward right. so for us you know a, an empowered worker is not a worker you know who's afraid to speak up because of their documentation status mm -hmm. 
obviously for us, you know, and I think many people agree with me, there's no worker in this country that doesn't need the protection of a union and a collective bargaining agreement. I agree with that one. In the vast majority of states, farm workers have no legal right to, to a right. union at all. It is not a protected activity. There's right. no legal mechanism to compel the employer to to recognize the union. So, you know, we've been moving heaven and earth in California to increase, uh, you know, the rights of farm workers to, to form their union, to join a union and to collectively bargain. We're working on it in other states. We're testing out a new law in New York right now, just, you know, just had, you know, a, what is a piece. The because they're undocumented? No, documentation status doesn't matter. Farm, so when we talked about, you know, the minimum wage, the overtime, you know, mm -hmm. farm workers are exempt from overtime laws. Farm oh. workers are exempt from child labor laws. Farm workers are also exempt from NLRA. So that's the National Labor Relations Act. Right. So there is no NLRB, no National Labor Relations Board to compel an employer to recognize a union or to negotiate with the union for farm workers. This is slave labor. It's, it's well, at the end of the day, they aren't owned. They go home That's to their own houses yeah. and they have personal agencies and their children aren't owned. Right. But, um, you know, for many farm workers, they're a sacrificial generation it's because they are obvious. here yeah. to strive their entire lives with the intention that their children will have better than they did. I mean, uh, it, it, I, I, I'm listening to this and I thought I knew quite a bit of this stuff. And, uh, and it's sort of painful to hear that uh, yeah. they're going through what, what they're going through specifically. So with all these, th these are slow processes. How do these farmers... You know, um, you know, there's somebody that would tell you, I grew up, I didn't really know I was poor because I didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. uh, do you find that the reason they take or they accept the condition is that maybe they hadn't known any better? I, or is that not the case? I, I don't think it's the case. I think for a lot of farm workers in the United States, at this point, the demographics have shift, mm -hmm. shifted and they are increasingly um, immigrants. And so these are folks that have immigrated into this country knowing that they would always be at the bottom rung with the intention that their children we'll will have opportunities mm -hmm. beyond them. And we, and we find that to be true every day. Right. No, are they, or, or, or is that being realized for their kids? Or oh, the kids? so and we know so many, you know, perfect examples. But yeah, if you look at the trajectory right. of the kids, you know, that grow up in these really tough conditions, they living in migrant camps. You know, they 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 start working themselves in the field. But when they graduate from right. high school, they're more likely to, you know, to 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 not have, you know, interactions with the law enforcement agencies. They're overwhelmingly likely to finish a college degree, and you know, you really do see that generational ascendance. But it shouldn't have to. Take a lost no, generation no, for no. a family to be able, you know, to thrive. Hey, look, I tell you what, I think that you, what you guys are doing is good work, and I think it's important work. Uh, what would you like to tell the audiences as a closure? What what can they do, or what do they need to? Know? Well, I think that next time that you open the refrigerator in your climate-controlled kitchen. And, you know, sit down at your air-conditioned dining room table. You should think about the farm workers that are right now out there in, you know, these brutal temperatures. And they truly are the front lines acting as human shields against the violence of climate change. And, you know, think about that before you put that food in your mouth. Elizabeth Strater, United Farm Workers. Is it of America or just United Farm Workers? United Farm Workers of America, but All UFW right. for short. All right. Thank you so kindly for having <laughs> Thank been you. on Politics and Right. Thanks so much for having me. Uh
we spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share.